Hey guys, welcome to Frosting on the Cake with Ellie and Heidi, Ellie's mom. (laughs) I hope you enjoy our podcast. We will be talking a little bit about ourselves, just different things we think of throughout the day, a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in, and who knows, we might even interview some people. Come along for the ride. Hey everybody. Hey guys, what's up? So as you can tell, Ellie is here joining me today. I'm so glad you are here. Welcome back, Miss Ellie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anything exciting you want to share with everybody that has happened since last we all spoke with you? Last time we talked was like basketball season, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a hot minute. Um, It's now softball season. Mm-hmm. Which means it's like summertime. Yay. Yay. Um, I graduated high school. Woo-woo. With honors. I don't even know what that means, but whatever. Means she graduated with a super high GPA. Would you say summa cum laude or whatever? Summa cum laude. Summa cum laude. Excuse me. I actually don't know what that means, but means it's just, okay. She was one of the... Well, everybody else knows what that means. Anyway, moving on. Oh. Um, so go ahead, you graduated. I graduated. That's pretty much it. I mean, I did the dang thing. High school's mm-hmm. over. Going to college. Mm-hmm. Big college woman. So what's your perspective now that high school is over? Is it, like, do you feel more excited than you thought you would? Are you kind of let down in the whole graduation process? Were you Was it better than you thought? What are your, like, closing high school thoughts? I mean, it happened. High school happened. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy how it happened because of all, like, the COVID stuff mm-hmm. and how, I mean, obviously, I didn't have a normal high school experience. Right. But it's exciting also because, I mean, I'm going to have a normal college experience. Right. And I'm just so excited to have, like, four years of college that are, you know, I don't know, un bothered by things hopefully Mm, right so (laughs) do you think i'm sorry no go ahead do you think you have an edge over other kids that didn't go through covid in high school going into college or do you think you're at a disadvantage to kids who didn't have covid in high school and had a quote normal high school experience going into college um well obviously all the kids i'm going into college with have had covid happen Mm -hmm. in college in but, high school. Or in high school. But, like, over my brother, who mm-hmm. graduated in 2017, so his COVID experience happened over college. Right. Um, but, I don't know. I would say that I'm definitely more used to my, like, different ways of teachers teaching because mm. I have teachers who teach pretty much, like, you're in person now, but they don't really teach you anything. They just tell you to get out a computer, and that's, like... Oh, yeah, that's what you do all for... You sit there for two hours on a computer. Hmm. So I'm kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. But also I have teachers who are very interactive and... You know how normal teachers are. So you think you might have a bit of an edge over kids, you know, pre-COVID. Because I have had to learn how to learn, learn online and mm-hmm. work with technology in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Well, and you've kind of had to learn 
how to adapt your learning. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, cool. So, from a mom perspective, Ellie is our youngest, so she, all year long, I've been sending text messages. We have a family group chat with all six of us, and throughout the year, as different things happen, I will say in the family group chat, well, it's the end of an era, it's another end of a couch family era, and so the latest has been after Ellie's graduation party. I just was like, oh my gosh, it's the end of a couch family era. That, that was our first, last graduation party we will ever throw from high school for one of our kids. So it's just kind of, I don't know, it's interesting. I'm not going to say it's crazy because that's such a word that everybody says all the time now. But crazy? Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, it's just so crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. Anyway, um, I don't know. I think of it more as like, For me, as her mom, it's more of um, a milestone that I check off as we go. But I'm not, like, crying, checking it off my list. You know, I'm not like, oh, I'm so sad. I'll never throw another high school, you know, graduation party again. I'm looking forward to all the exciting things that the Lord has for Ellie in her future. And I choose to look at it like that instead of like, oh, it's the end of an era. I'm so sad. I feel like, you know what? The Lord is closing this chapter of our family book and he's opening up another super exciting chapter of our family book that I get to, you know, sit on the sideline and be a part of, you know, as much as, um, Ellie or any of our other kids want us to be, but for her college years, I get to look forward to this with her and watch her and be included in it as much as what, you know, she wants us to be. And I think I find that exciting. And I think that, um, I don't know, it's just a big blessing for me as her mom that I get to be a part of that. So anyway, that's kind of a little brief life update, and we'll just segue right into our topic for today, and you'll have to forgive me because I am eating my lunch. I'm having leftover chicken stir-fry over rice, so if I'm caught chewing or Ellie's talking and she surprises me with a question I can't answer, it's just because I'm eating my lunch, and Ellie has to leave for a game in about... 25 minutes. So we're going to be shorter probably than normal today, although I will probably um, close things out since she has to go. But anyway. And, oh, sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Put in there. I'll take another bite. It is also 89 degrees outside currently. Mm-hmm. And I am playing softball. And this is my first, this is like, you know, for travel softball, it's normal to play in like the heat. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. You're used to it by then. But like high school, we went from literally wearing, like, two Under Armors, <laughs> coats. Parkas. It's, it's <laughs> literally snowing while we're playing. Mm-hmm. To now it is 89 degrees out. Yep. And we all want to die because it is so hot. Yep. And to give you all perspective here in Michigan, where we live, the weather is so... Random. Random. Thank you. That um, So last weekend, Ellie's graduation party was last Sunday. So it was May 22nd. It was 61 degrees for a high a week ago. And now here we are the Tuesday after, like a week, you know, after, and it's 90. So that just gives you an idea. And literally from day to day, it can one day be like a high of 40 and the next day a high of 80. That's just the way the weird Michigan weather works. So anyway, pray for her. If you think of her, pray for her as she plays, that she does not pass out from heat exhaustion and that all the girls are able to stay well hydrated and play well. And so, alive. And alive, of course. So our topic for today is something that honestly came to me, and don't laugh, but it's true, 
came to me while I was doing my yoga this morning. I just looked on YouTube for some random lady to do Christian yoga. um, And she was talking throughout the practice about different things about, you know, letting God, you know, hear from God, listen to his voice, you know, take time to pause. She said there was going to be a lot of quiet times and moments of silence throughout the yoga practice, but she kept talking. So I don't know where those quiet times came from. But anyway, it was very good and I did like it. And it was um, very purposeful because for me, the word that the Lord gave to me through my yoga practice, which I think is very fitting, is surrender. And also the thoughts that there is freedom in surrender. And I know I've shared in the past, and I don't know if Ellie's aware of this or not, but I've shared with all of you in the past a little bit about my mom and dad. And um, oh, golly. Well, not a lot. No, I shared about how my parents have been married almost 60 years and mm-hmm. how things for Pappy right now are a little bit of a struggle helping to take care of Grammy, but that's what true love is. And that's what real love is. Real love is loving someone even when it's hard, not just when it's easy. So I shared that with everybody, so you're pretty much all caught up. But anyway, um, I have been struggling personally a lot lately, as you know, Ellie, with control regarding my mom. Because I, and she laughs, but it's true because my mom is the type of person, she may be a control freak. Yes, my mom is a control freak. And my mom may be 79 years old, but there's nothing wrong with my mom's mind. And um, I have struggled, especially with her most recent hospitalization, I have struggled very much with trying to tell her how she should be living her life and where in particular she should be living her life. And I've been um, like layering it, if you will, with the thoughts of this is what's best for dad. You know, for you to do X, Y, Z is what's best for dad's health as well, not just yours. And when I was doing my yoga this morning, you know, and just praying, you know, Lord, show me what your will is for me and, you know, whatnot. He brought the word surrender to mind. And he really laid on my heart, you know, Heidi, just surrender your mom to me. She's not yours anyway. She never has been. Sorry, guys, my phone rang and that always throws me off. I never know quite what to do when my phone rings. And it was my husband again. So sorry. Anyway, um, Ellie, can you just text dad real quick and let him know what we're doing so he doesn't call us unless he needs something dire. Anyway, sorry, everybody. That's just real life for you, right? So surrender. The Lord really laid on my heart today, as I said, during my yoga practice to surrender my mom and the control that I want to have regarding her health and regarding my mom and my dad as far as, um, you know, my dad's health not suffering because he is taking care of my mom to a greater extent than what I feel, you know, he should be. But I also need to realize that that's also my perspective. It's not my life. It's not my choice. She's my mother. She's not, you know, my two-year-old child. So um, that just really kind of hit me between the eyes, to be honest with you. And in thinking of that more during yoga, you know, the Lord really impressed upon my heart how, you know, surrendering many different things in our lives bring freedom to us. Because, so Ellie, if we think about this in regard to our faith, and maybe there's a person that we've been trying to witness to, or maybe there's this person, this is what really came to mind to me. Maybe there's a person who loves to kind of poke at you in your Christianity and they are trying to 
they say they want to hear about Jesus, but you know in their heart they really don't. They just want to argue with you about your faith. And you feel like, okay, well, I'm supposed to witness to people, so do I back down from this conversation or do I keep going back knowing or feeling, I guess I should say, that it's not really doing any like eternal good for this person? What do I do? Have you ever run into that situation before? Me? Yeah, you. No. You've never had people like poke fun at you because you're a Christian and kind of get you to like defend your faith when you kind of wonder, do you really want to learn about that? No. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, people don't. I don't know. I mean, in high school at least, no one really messes with me. Oh, wow. Really? Like, like no one. Okay, that sounded really bad. Um, sounded like tough girl. Like, nobody messes with me, no, man. No, that's <laughs> not how I meant it. It's just like, when I was in high school... Like, is that weird to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no one really asked me questions, because everybody just knew, like, oh, Ellie's, like, the god girl. Like, just look at her water bottle. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I have stickers all over my water bottle. But, um... That say what? They just say different things. Like, my favorite one is my Not Today Satan sticker. It's so cute. I like that one. It's It's adorable. I have, Ellie gave me one that says, um, spoiler, God wins. I love it. (laughs) So, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, quiet about it, I guess. Like, I post about it on Instagram. Like, I really don't care what people think about me when it comes to my faith. Well, and so, I've just kind of always been open about it. mm -hmm. And, like, people have asked me questions, but no one's ever been, like, trying to make fun of me or like challenge me about it there haven't been people that you feel are kind of argumentative about it no like prove it sort of thing no wow because yeah. i mean people under people like have enough like respect for your beliefs That's that cool. like they can understand that even if they don't believe the same thing like i'm not gonna make you you know prove it to me because i'm not gonna believe it anyway Mm. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, having that debate or argument just doesn't really make sense. I mean, it's like having an argument or a debate with someone who, you know, is, let's say you have two people who are on way opposite sides of a political spectrum. Having them, like, setting them in a room and telling them to debate their political beliefs mm-hmm. isn't going to get that. Like, they're just going to get angry. There's, like, no point in... You know? Well... Like, you can listen to each other and understand each other's point of view. Right. But no one's going to change the way that they think. But you don't know that. They may. I'm just saying. Like, that's... I feel like... Gen- that Generally, that's what happens. Okay. And I'm not saying that, like, don't tell people about God, because they're not going to believe you anyway. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it, like, from a political standpoint. Like... You talk to people about politics, they're not probably not going to change their mind, so you're pretty much just wasting your breath. Like, you can listen to them and understand their point of view, but they're probably not going to change your mind. Well, probably, and you're probably right when it comes to politics as well, and I'm going to throw this in there, as well as Christianity, because most people believe something. Yeah. Whether or not, um, like you said, we agree with it, most people have some thought or stance when it comes to God. And if you ask a lot of people, a lot of people will say two things. One, yes, I believe there is a God. And two, I am a Christian because I believe there's a God. And I don't doubt that the majority of people do believe there is a God. I 100% believe that. I would say, I would dare say if you ask eight out of 10 people, 
or if you ask 10 people, eight of them would say, yes, I believe there is a God. Mm-hmm. And I believe out of those eight, probably six would say, yes, I'm a Christian. And if you ask them to explain what that means, a lot of them would say, well, I believe in God, so I'm a Christian, or I'm a good person, so I'm a Christian. But what I'm talking about in regard to surrendering and there being freedom in surrendering, what I am referring to is maybe there's a family member or a friend that you try to witness to quite often, and they don't shut you down, but yet they want to debate you constantly, and they want to... um, try to make you question your... Make you confused. Yeah, exactly. Make you confused and make you question your thought process and so that you, in turn, aren't sure anymore. And to me, that's almost more threatening than somebody who just is like, yeah, I don't believe what you believe and I don't care. Because when people can get you to doubt, and let's be honest, it's Satan. When Satan can get you to doubt even the slightest thing about your faith he's getting a foothold on your thought process and on your mind. And um, so what I want to talk about in regard to surrender and freedom and surrender is dealing with those types of people that want to push your buttons, that want to debate you, and why it is okay for you to basically walk away from those people and not feel guilty because of it. Like not feel like, oh, I'm supposed to witness to people. And if I stop talking to them, then I'm not witnessing anymore. But, you know, God calls me to witness and, you know, kind of going through that struggle. So when you said freedom and surrender, I thought we were going to talk about like, there's freedom and letting go of your feelings of, you know, control over things or feelings of like anxiety of certain things or... You know, things like that. I had no idea this is the route we were going. Ah, well, we can apply that route to it as well, because it's true in that as also. I don't know. I think it just makes, like, it's easier for me to talk about, since I haven't necessarily had that experience. It would be, it's easier for me to talk about, like, I have more experience in the, you know, letting go of this stressor, or letting go of something that causes you fear, or cause you to be anxious or something like that because I wouldn't say that I have anxiety I'm not an anxious person but there are things that happen on can, can you oh, not sorry. right now oh sorry go ahead there are things sorry she's doing dishes I'm just I'm rinsing them off so I can put them in the dishwasher I'm sorry if it made it difficult to hear I wasn't trying to be rude go ahead so, now I don't even remember what I'm talking about. You were saying I don't consider myself an anxious oh, person. Oh, I don't consider myself, like, an anxious person, but there are things that, like, make me anxious. Like, driving. <laughs> driving makes me anxious. Driving makes me uncomfortable. Because that probably shouldn't go in the dishwasher. This? No, the cup. Oh, will you stop? Just... I'm surrendering your control of the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying... It's already coming off. All right, Ellie, to your point. Driving so driving is one of those things where I have said at this point, I'm like, you know what? Like, there have been times when I'm driving where I've said, you know what, God, if I'm meant to die right now because of these people driving like idiots, so be it. Oh, good God. <laughs> because it, I just get so worked up about people being dumb, mm. especially when they're driving. As you can tell. Yes, you're getting all worked up. So, 
it just, it's just, those are things, like, that's one example of something that I've had to just... Surrender. Be like, you know what? Just shake my head and say some people's children and leave it at that. Well, but see, that still goes along with what we're saying, though. I don't think no, that's... No, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, I didn't realize we were taking that path. And well, I need to get going. Oh. Already? Yes. You said you had to be there at quarter to three. I do. Well, it's only 2.20, barely. Yes, it takes me 15 minutes to get there. Okay, well, anyway. So, 20, that's 35. Then I have 10 minutes to be ready to warm up. That oh. includes I have to put in bases, I have to put up nets, I have to <laughs> put Excuse on my me. cleats, I have to break okay. people's hair. Okay, so I guess at this point, Ellie, you can tell everybody goodbye, and I will continue. Bye, guys! Hopefully I do good. She'll do fine. All right, I'm going to tell her goodbye. Hopefully I don't stink. You're not going to stink. Come here. I probably will smell bad after. It's not about, I love you. It's not about smelling bad. Can you bring me bad. food? What food would you like? Granola bar. That's all you want for between games is a granola bar. Yeah, you don't want anything else, like maybe even a ham and cheese roll-up or two? Okay. All right, I'll bring you a granola okay. bar. If there are any athletes that listen to this, please tell me whether or not you can eat when it's super hot between games, like a decent amount of food. Because I can't. I will have a snack, maybe. If it's cold out, I will chow down, but no. Not when it's hot out. Heck no. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Well, I guess we'll find out. So, if any of you are athletes, like she said, please, you know, sound off in regard to whether or not you eat between games. Either your socks are attached to the yeah, hook there. Okay. Almost. You got it? Here. You yeah. sure? Yeah. All right. Her arms are very full. Oh, I'm, careful. I'm so I'll put the door up for you. All right. I love you, honey. Love you too, bye. Bye, honey. Thank you for your contribution to the pod today. Yeah, bye, guys. All right. So... She is on her way to her game. And um, to her point, so to Ellie's point in regard to, you know, surrendering and, you know, there's freedom in surrender, I agree with her that surrendering things like, you know, like the driving with other people, it, I don't think that it's different than what I'm talking about in regard to witnessing to people, nor is it different than the whole thing with my mom. You know, once we get to the point where, we realize our limits and our limitation to change a situation or circumstance or people. I think once we get to that point, we are, that's where the freedom comes in. I'm walking by my fan if you hear it. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, that's where the freedom comes in with all of this is once you surrender those things, it's almost like a weight is lifted off of your body. Like when I was doing my yoga this morning and the Lord you know, laid on my heart to surrender all the stuff about my mom, I was able to just lay there. There's a pose in yoga. If any of you do yoga, you know this, but there's a pose in yoga called Shavasana, which basically you're laying down. You're just laying down, palms up, and you're deep breathing, and you're consciously letting go of like, the stress you're holding, like you relax your eyes, you relax your jaw, you relax your tongue. You re- like you go through almost every body part, shoulders, arms, legs, whatever, and you just allow them to relax. And in Shavasana, um, when I said, okay, Lord, I surrender. Like I let go all control that I 
thought I had or wanted to have in this situation with my mom. I surrender it, Lord. I give her to you. I give the situation to you. I realize I am not in control, nor really do I want to be in control. I really don't want to be in control of that or any other um, situation regarding other people. And almost as soon as I prayed that, I just felt such a relief in my body, like my neck. I had a lot of tension in my neck and my shoulders. And it's like it just, honestly, like the Holy Spirit just lifted it right off my body. And it was like this huge epiphany where I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I just need to surrender. I need to surrender all. And of course, then it brought me to the song, I Surrender All, which is an old hymn, but it goes, um, the words are, I surrender all, all to thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. And I love that song. And it's just so perfect for this situation with my mom or the situation like Ellie was saying with driving or other situations that make you anxious, just praying like, Lord, I surrender. I can't do this. The recognition of knowing I can't do this and I surrender to you, Lord, gives you such relief because, I mean, truthfully, with the situation with my mom, and that's my example, you know, that I kind of keep going back to, but with the situation with my mom, I, once I realized, you know what, Heidi, you don't have any control anyway. It's, and, and what you're surrendering is the your your pretend thought that you had any type of control in that situation and to release that and then once you release that control and you do surrender you're giving it over to whom can really do something about it and that is the lord you know god is the one who can really change that person's heart and move in that situation and it has nothing to do with me and i realize i just need to do my part which is Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, body, mind, and love others as he's loved you. So it's not my job to try to control my mom or my kids or the other drivers on the road or anything like that. It's my job to love and love others. And a phrase that the Lord gave me years ago in regard to one of our children in particular was love them where they're at. And I need to echo that to myself in regard to my parents' situation. Just love them where they're at, period. It's not my responsibility any further. If they ask for my help, I am overjoyed to help them because I do consider a privilege to be able to help my parents in the stage of life that they are at right now. But I need to let go and let God. And that actually is a phrase from Al-Anon years ago. So Al-Anon is a program that kids who have a family member who is an alcoholic that they go to. And um, my oldest brother is an alcoholic. And so my parents took all of us kids to Al-Anon to kind of learn how to cope with a brother who's an alcoholic. That's a whole nother long story, maybe for another day. But anyway, a phrase that Alcoholics Anonymous has is let go and let God. And it's very wise, really, because you're letting go of all of those things you have zero control over. You're surrendering, which If you think even of your salvation, what is salvation about? Salvation is about us surrendering our hearts and our lives to the Lord. Salvation is about us admitting, I can't do this. God, I need help. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior of my heart and life. I surrender all the things that I wanted for me in this world, and I surrender myself to you. And I ask that you become Lord of my life and forgive me for my sins. That's Salvation is all about surrender. And 
we need to remember as Christians that surrendering your salvation, surrendering yourself unto salvation is kind of an ongoing process in that I have to continue to learn and remind myself that I need to surrender all things, surrender my kids to the Lord, because you know what? They were never mine in the first place. Surrender my husband, surrender my parents, surrender friendships, relationships, all of those things, and allow God to work and to weave those things together. And I need to do what he is calling me to do, which is love all of those people and love them well and love them where they are at. Now, back to my point of when I was talking with Ellie earlier about surrendering in regard to people that might be like argumentative towards you in your faith, it reminded me of um, two different situations. So in the Bible, Jesus actually addresses this and talks um, about this. And um, in Matthew, so we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse um, 14, it says, and this is um, instructions to the disciples, okay? So this is Jesus giving instructions to the disciples. And um, so I want to focus on verse 14, but let's start up here with verse 5. So chapter Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. So don't go into any of the cities of the Samaritans, just um, go to the cities of the Gentiles. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus is telling them, you know, what to do, and he's telling the 12 disciples, Go and basically preach the good news that Jesus is here to save you from your sins and surrender to him. Verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. So Jesus is telling them, in my name and in my power, you are going to be able to do these things. Verse 9, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. So Jesus is telling them, you know, don't, don't provide gold or silver or brass or anything else. Um, you work for your wage. And that is something we can talk about later in regard to your work as a job and what you get paid. But this is telling you that, you know, people are worthy of their hire, basically. So if you work hard, you should get paid accordingly. Verse 11, and into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy and there abide till ye go thence. So what he's saying is go there and ask around about the different people in this city, and then you're supposed to stay with the people that basically want you to stay with them. So kind of like if you have a missionary that comes to your church, people open their homes to those missionaries for them to stay while they preach or give their message to different churches. Verse 12, and when you come into a house, salute it, like say, you know, give them good tidings and blessings and whatnot. Verse 13, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come unto it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. So in other words, you go into the home and if the people are not worthy of you bringing my peace with you, then you know what? Just keep it to yourself and don't give that to them. Verse 14, here's the one that I find very interesting and almost refreshing because I feel like it's a blessing to those of us that have struggled with talking with people about our faith and knowing when we just need to be quiet and when we do need to speak. Of course, the Holy Spirit will prompt you, but sometimes, as we know, we all get ahead of ourselves. So in verse 14, this is what Jesus says. 
And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. So I find that so interesting because what Jesus is telling his disciples is he's saying, you know what? If these people don't receive you, like they're not nice to you. If these people don't want to hear what you have to say, then you know what? You turn around, you walk away, you take off your very shoes and shake off that dust or dirt from the town that you were in and walk away. So it gives you the permission, I guess, for lack of a better word, to know that, you know what, if people are just being argumentative and they really aren't seeking salvation or trying to search for truth, you can just walk away, which I find like I said, a big relief kind of and a blessing because there are times when I stand there and I'm like, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like this is pointless. All they want to do is argue, but yet the Lord calls us, you know, to go forth and tell people about Jesus. And I don't really feel like this is working and I get frustrated. Well, so I read that verse and I'm like, you know what? I can shake the sand off of my sandals or the dirt from my shoes and walk away. And then another one is in Matthew also, um, chapter seven, verse six. And this is all about judging and being judged, which I find very interesting because we do tend to be a very judgy people. Um, But I want to start in, I think I'll start right in um, verse one and read till we get to verse six. So verse, uh, chapter seven, verse one in Matthew, judge not that ye be not judged. So we're not to judge other people. For what For with what judgment you judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured again to you. So Jesus is saying, you know what? If you do judge other people, you're going to be judged in that same manner. So I'd be careful. Verse 3. And why beholdest thou not, excuse me. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? So in other words, a moat is like a dinky little speck, like a small sliver. And what Jesus is saying is, you know, why do you look at that tiny sliver or that little sin or that little, I shouldn't say little sin, that little thing that they're doing in their life um, when you're ignoring the gigantic beam that's sticking out of your eye? So I love, I love word pictures. So I love to think about this and go, okay, imagine somebody with this itty bitty little thing in there, this little, little small speck in their eye. And there's a person standing opposite them with a gigantic beam sticking out of their eye. And it's almost like hitting the person on the side of the head who has the tiny little speck in their eye. And the person with the beam is looking at the person with the speck and going, oh my gosh, like, I cannot believe that you gave, you know, $20 for your tithe last week when you should have given $21. I know that you could have done that. Whereas you've got this gigantic beam in your eye and last week for tithes, you gave nothing because you wanted to keep the $40 for yourself so you could go buy something that you've been wanting. So you kind of see the word picture um, there that I'm giving you. And I find that so interesting. So Jesus is warning us about judging others. Verse four, and how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. So basically you're saying to this person with this dinky little speck in their eye, oh, here, let me help you with that. Let me, let me help you with that. And, you know, make that better because, you know, you're just so wrong and sinful in what you're doing when you're like clocking them over the head with the beam sticking out of your eye, acting like it's not even there. So um, we just need to be careful. Verse five, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So Jesus is saying, you know what? Don't be a hypocrite. Take care of your own stuff. 
Take care of your own sin that you know is weighing you down. Take care of everything that you're doing. And I guarantee you, myself included, that's going to keep you plenty busy so you don't have time to walk around and worry about the specks in other people's eyes and in their lives. So, you know, Jesus is calling them out and saying, you know what, take care of yourself before you go, you know, looking for specks in other people's lives. And then verse six, which this is um, to my point of the um, surrender and freedom. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. So what Jesus is saying is, you know what? Also, don't take what you know is holy and throw it in front of people that aren't going to care. Not only are they not going to care, but they're going to trample all over it and they're going to try to make it look like it's something that it's not. It says lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. So in other words, what Jesus is saying is that they're going to trample all over, um, not literally, obviously, but the people that you're trying to witness to, you're trying to talk to about Jesus, they're going to basically tell you you're wrong and just be argumentative and kind of just be turkeys about it, really. And then they're going to try to hurt you. And I don't mean necessarily physically, but they're going to try to hurt you um, maybe emotionally, so that you struggle in your faith walk, which is never um, God's will. So I just wanted to share those verses with you, Matthew 10, 14, to shake off the dust from your shoes. Matthew 7, 6, don't throw your pearls before swine. And realize that in surrendering, there is freedom, huge, huge freedom in the Lord with surrendering. Because once we do shake our shoes off or don't throw our pearls before swine. No matter if it's like Ellie was saying, the anxiety of driving and, oh my gosh, those crazy people or my parents, like, why aren't you doing things this way? Because this is how I feel they should be done. Not for me to judge, not for me to handle. I need to shake that off of the soles of my shoes, so to speak, and walk away and just what? Love them where they're at. Love people where they're at. Love my family where they're at. And I need to enjoy the freedom in Christ that he's given me because he's also given me the permission and he's given me the ability to surrender any, quote, control I thought I had in any of those situations and surrender what I thought was my responsibility in those situations because, you know what, in the majority of situations when it comes to dealing with other people, it's our job to love them right where they're at. And in regard to witnessing, I have found that people who truly are seeking the Lord will um, maybe not necessarily come to you and ask specifically about your faith, but they will be willing to listen and they are willing to discuss things with you and they're not going to argue with you. And I know all of you know what I'm talking about. There's a big difference between people who just want to plain old argue with you all the time and people who truly are asking questions because they want to learn. And we as Christians, we as people um, can really just be very, um, I don't know what the right, right word is. We can be very grateful and thankful that as Christians in Christ, we can surrender all of those situations and all of those people to the Lord. And we can then enjoy the freedom in Christ that he's given us because we've come to realize that, you know what, that's not for me to be, quote, worried about. That's not for me to, quote, try to control. That situation is for me to love those people and let, the, let God take care of that 
And if you want to just remember that let go and let God phrase, um, whatever, you know, phrase helps you to relax and remember, you know what, that is not my responsibility. My dad, my dad, the other said, my dad, the other day said, not my clowns, not my circus. And I laughed at that, but it's the similar, it's the similar, you know, idea. It's a similar mindset that, you know what, I'm going to let go and let God deal with that. I'm going to love them where they're at. And I'm going to rest and relax and enjoy the freedom I have in Christ to be the Christian that he has called me to be. And then at the end of the day, the other song that the Lord brought to mind today at the end of my yoga practice was, It Is Well With My Soul. And I can't tell you right now the joy I have in the Lord and the peace and light weight I feel in my soul because of what the Lord has allowed me to experience today in regard to surrendering and having freedom in that surrender. And it truly is well with my soul. And if you don't know that song, I encourage you to look up the old hymn, um, it is well. It says, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Um, yeah, just look it up and listen to it. And it, as a Christian, it really speaks to your heart. And as a non-Christian, I would encourage you to truly seek the Lord. Um, if you aren't sure, and maybe you just tumbled upon this podcast, I don't believe anything ever happens by accident. Everything happens um, for a reason. And maybe you're searching and you don't know who this Jesus is that I talk about. And if you have questions, leave a, leave a question here, you know, under the comments in the podcast or reach out to us and I'll be happy to talk with you because I can tell you another song from long ago, People Need the Lord is a song and it's true. People need the Lord and God created us all with a God-shaped hole in our heart because God created his creation to want to worship the creator. And it really is amazing. So anyway, I digress. I just want to encourage all of you to surrender, let go and let God. And remember that sometimes it is okay for us to shake the sand off of our feet. And it is okay to not throw our pearls before swine. And also to remember, it is our job to love others as Christ has loved us. And in the end, the Lord will give us peace through his spirit that helps us to enjoy the freedom in surrender. Until we meet again.